Welcome to the Connected Podcast. This is Daryl, Lydia, Hannah, and Simon. We're four friends from the UK and beyond discussing how the Bible is relevant to life as a team today. Stick around for hilarious banter, Bible talk, topics you want to hear about, people you can relate to, and plenty of random shenanigans. Real talk though, we want you to be equipped with biblical truth and boldness to go out in the world and be grounded in your faith. So, caveat to this episode, um, your parents may say different things than us, and we want you to honor your parents. They are your authority, not us. Listen to episode 8 to hear more about honoring your parents. And so, last week was our own experiences with dating. This week is more about dating advice for those of you in high school and in your current stage of life. And so, first off, we'll kick off with pros and cons to dating in high school. Um, But before we get into that, let's take a minute to define what we mean when we talk about dating. Um, Dating is intentionally pursuing a relationship with someone of the opposite gender for the purpose of getting to know them on a deeper level and to see if that person could be someone you end up marrying someday. Now, we know you guys are in high school, and so we know marriage might be a long way away from you, but dating with marriage in mind is part of what keeps it out of the dumpster. We'll talk more about that later. And so the four of us have very different experiences with dating, especially in high school. Um, so, yeah, let's get into the pros and cons. Let's kick off with Simon. All right. Okay, so it can be hard to date in high school. Uh, I have a confession. I actually never dated in high school, which is... I, I, must, I must also confess, it was not for a lack of trying uh, on my part. <laughs> just being poor all, guy. I mean, oh, poor Simon. <laughs> yeah, sympathy, sympathy. Bring it. I'll take it all. Um, it's really good. But I suppose my point is, and, and the reason why we joke about that, but I find it challenging, but I think it's, I think it's difficult for a reason. So I, I'm saying that because I feel that even teens today can relate to that because it's hard to date with purpose. I think in high school, you know, honestly, if we're being honest, that's really when guys and girls first really start recognizing each other. And so there's all that weirdness and all the hormones and weirdness and yeah, yeah. So, I mean, all that's good and fine, but it's hard to have purpose. It's hard to look forward and be like, oh, I know I want to marry this person. So, um, so I would put that as a con that it's hard to do it with purpose, but also stress that that doesn't mean it can't be done. Uh, I, I, love a, I, I love a great story. Where, you know, I've met a few people. I can't think of anyone off the top of my head, but I've certainly met people, you know, who are married today and said, oh, we met in high school or we, made it, we met just as we were like, in our last year of high school or something like that and I always think that's super cool and I think it's great so I want to just put that in to say it can be done and so that's that's a good thing um a pro so what are some good things about dating in high school well it's good for building relationships and friendships with the with the opposite gender uh and it is a good future uh or a good foundation a good future for the future a good foundation for future marriage um and yeah I would a hundred percent uh, say that that's that's a pro there's no doubt that people that have never dated in high school or certainly never tried to date in high school they just tend to be equally awkward once they hit like 19 20 21 and so are yeah, you those speaking are, from personal experience those there, are the guys or? that are <laughs> those are the guys that are single and 39 and don't know how to talk okay. to a girl that's, that will leave it that's a bit much i know i feel like i feel like you're you're really dishing it out jumping so. to major conclusions there's ivan 
<laughs> if you don't date in high school, you're just fine. <laughs> it's okay. You don't have to. And don't if you're worry 39 and single, and if that, that that's okay too. So. Yep. <laughs> Even if you don't know how to talk to a girl, <laughs> this is true. That's okay. <laughs> uh, um, I guess jumping on that, my I think probably my con for dating in um high school or secondary school is it's really hard to keep boundaries in secondary school i think just because you are so young and it's kind of that it, it's that season of life where you've just been given a lot more freedom than you had before um and so it can be really hard to keep those kind of physical boundaries when it comes to dating and on top of that the season between singleness and marriage isn't exactly something that's natural. Like technically the Bible never talks about dating because it's not, I, I, I don't know if that's because God didn't intend for us to date, but it definitely wasn't a cultural thing back then. Um, so that, that season can just be a bit difficult and it's really natural to have that physical attraction and then super difficult to just set that aside and say, no, we have to wait. Um, and that's not me saying don't wait. Obviously, you should. That's what the Bible teaches. But it's really hard to do that, I think, and especially in high school, in secondary school. So that would be my kind of con. I'll oh, just jump, jump on there, actually, for context. Yeah, the Bible's more into, like, arranged marriages and such. So that's, that's cool. <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> oh, dear. See, I feel like you're bringing up all this controversial stuff here, Simon. Um, but I think a pro, something that does go for dating in high school, is... Um, and maybe I would say even more on the side of just having good, solid friendships in general with the opposite gender is it just sets you up well for life. Like God created us for each other and we need to have those good, solid friendships with the opposite gender. And I think that was something I really wished I had in high school, that I had better friendships with guys, not even necessarily to date them, but just wanting to have good friends that are guys. So I think that would be my pros and cons for, for dating in high school and secondary school. Yeah. So for me, a pro, which you might've heard me mention in the last week's episode is that high school is a safe environment or at least safer. Um, you have somewhat of a built in safety net, um, and a place where accountability is probably more readily available. Um, you know, it's a good time to learn how to set and keep boundaries with parents um, watching over you and, and guiding you and with youth pastors who are close to you and who you know who know you well and, and who can point you to truth and just other old, older people in your life that can guide you and point you to Christ. Um, and so that's a pro. A con is um, taking it too far if you have a bad grasp on the truth in the Bible. Um, and it's real easy to do that in high school. Um, and so yeah, just be careful of that and make sure that you honor God in the way that you are dating. And we'll go on to Lydia to close us off on the segment. I think for me, um, a pro, I I would see, well, I'll just give us in a kind of a personal story of mine. So when I grew up, um, I kind of grew up as suppressing my feelings toward guys, even though they were natural and good. Um, I had this thought that um, innocent, even if I had a crush on a guy and it was really innocent, I had the thought that that was sinful and dirty. 
Um, and so I think if I grew up in an environment where dating was okay and where it wasn't shunned and where it wasn't thought of as something that was bad or evil, um, then maybe those innocent thoughts wouldn't have turned into something that they're not. And I wouldn't have grown up with lots of guilt and shame over um, liking guys and all of that stuff that's natural and, and desires that God had put in me as a woman. And so I think that is a pro is that it can help you um, know how to, to deal with those thoughts and deal with those emotions in a good way. Again, as Daryl said, with those people around you who can help you to walk through that and with that kind of built in accountability that you have as a teenager. Um, so just, yeah, a pro is remembering and, and knowing that those things are good and those thoughts and, and desires and attractions are given to you by God. Um, a con, and again, I'm going to kind of put this in my own experience, is that I'm really, really glad that I got to build really solid friendships with high, in high school. Um, and I didn't have any of that dating drama mixed in with it. I just had really solid friendships with guys and I had really solid friendships with girls. Um, and I think maybe if dating had been thrown into the mix, that could have been made a whole lot more dramatic than it had to be. So in that sense, I'm glad that I didn't date in high school because of that experience that I had. Um, but it could go both ways. I don't think dating in high school is wrong. Um, and I also don't think not dating in high school is wrong, if that makes sense. There are pros and cons to both. Yeah. And so those are our pros and cons to dating in high school. Now, if you do t decide to date in high school and your parents are cool with it, you know, here are some things to keep in mind. Um, Simon, you want kick, to kick us off with this? Sure. Um, so we're sure that you guys, uh, you know, have heard loads about things that you shouldn't do in dating. And I think I think maybe uh, particularly for teenagers in high school, uh, we tend to focus on the things that you shouldn't do. Uh, and, and those are good. And there's, there's very good reasons for why that's the case. But we want to give you guys um, just some things that you should do, some things that are good to put in place uh, if you do decide to date. And Hannah, you've got some things you want to mention here. Yeah, so as we kind of said earlier, the Bible doesn't mention dating. And as Simon said, it talks a lot about arranged marriage. Um, and I think some of that is probably cultural. Um, but we can dive into what God wants for us and whether or not to be arranged marriage or something like that. Another episode. Um, but what it does talk a lot about, even though it doesn't talk about dating and boyfriends and girlfriends and such, is how we should treat one another, whether we're dating or not. So we're going to read a passage that talks about loving one another, and then we're going to try and give you guys some examples in a relationship context. So these principles may apply whether you choose to date or not. You can just keep these in mind for your boyfriend or girlfriend, but also just for your own friendships and how you treat people in general. So the passage is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 to 7, and this is what it says. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. And that was the ESV or English Standard Version that we were reading out of there. So when we think about those things that were mentioned in that passage about what love is, let's kind of break those down. What do those mean in relationships? 
Daryl. Yeah, so we'll start off with patient, since that was the first one that came up. And so, patient level weight on the physical aspects of a romantic relationship, knowing that God's plan is good. And so, if your boyfriend or your or your girlfriend is forcing you um, and not waiting on God's plan for you to to wait to do some things, um, some physical things that should be reserved for marriage, that's not Christ-like love. Um, and so, keep that in mind. Yeah, the next one is that love is kind. Um, and when you're kind, you act for the good of the other person. And you value the other person's comfort and interests above your own. So this relates a lot to what Daryl was saying as well with the physical aspect of things. If there's something that you feel comfortable with physically in a relationship and the other person doesn't, when you're acting with kindness, then you are taking the other person's interests above your own. But it could go with plenty of other things as well. It could go into watching certain movies. I know for me, I don't really like scary or gory movies. Um, and Daryl has acted and kindness to me to not insist that we watch those kind of movies it's a kind of a silly example um but there are Simon loads of things are like same. that <laughs> yeah um that yeah to look to the to interests of somebody else um above your own yeah that's helpful um does not envy so yeah envying is yeah it can be an issue now it's um but of course true love these verses telling us that we're not to do that. We're not to envy. And it's okay to expect a certain level of commitment. Obviously, you are in a relationship, um, and that and commitment is expected. But I, both parties, okay, if we can put it there, need to understand as well that um, that use of all our needs and use of all our friends and use of other commitments outside of yourself, uh, and so use are not just yours, okay, and. Uh, this is something that can particularly take over in the early stages of a relationship because you just want to spend time with each other all of the time, and so then other relationships start to suffer. Your, you know, your friends start to not see you, um, and you start, yeah, you start uh, giving up on your other commitments as well, whether that's church commitments or family commitments or whatever it happens to be. Um, and so we need to learn. Well, anyone who's in a relationship, we all need to learn to just to let each other get on with their commitments and actually to encourage them in that and uh, to, to support them in doing that as well. Um, I just think of one really quick example was, uh, I know a friend of mine once said um, that he was in a relationship and he knew that that was a problem. He They basically cut out all their friends and then that caused conflict uh, elsewhere. So that, and that was caused through envy uh, as well. And so that's just to be careful of that. Yeah, I would say talking to my friends from high school, that was one of the things that they said was their biggest regret about dating in high school was just that they dropped all their friends as soon as they found a boyfriend or girlfriend and it it didn't work well and it was damaging there. So definitely agree with that. Another thing that that passage talks about is does not boast, love isn't boastful. Um, So this really, uh, I think the way that this can apply to relationships especially is that you shouldn't date someone just because they're the coolest or the prettiest or they can get you nice things that a relationship shouldn't be from what you can get out of it and how it can make you look in that sense like and and that sort of way so make sure that who you're dating is somebody that you really love and you want to get to know them that it's for the right reasons essentially and not just because 
they're the head of the rugby team or um <laughs> or something else like that um make sure that it's for the right reasons you're dating them so adding on to Hannah's point just a little bit, okay, I was one of those guys who just because I was captain of the rugby team, I expected people to like me and want to date me. Don't be that guy. Don't be, don't do that. Um, and so it's not only, you know, don't only not date people who, who are boastful, but don't be boastful yourself and expect people to have to like you or date you just because you're popular or pretty or, or anything like that. So make sure you're not boasting yourself. Next is... Love is not arrogant. And so be willing to admit you're wrong. Ask for forgiveness quickly when you mess up. Um, don't think you can do dating well on your own. You know, be willing to ask for, for help, for, for, guide, for, for guidance from, you know, youth, your youth pastor, from your parents, or from older people you respect and can, can look up to. Um, you need that kind of help from Christian friends and from adults you trust. And so a personal example is, you know, I, I mess up. I say things that may hurt Lydia. I do things that Lydia may not like me to do. Um, and I have to apologize. I have to know that, you know, I hurt her. I have to acknowledge that. And I have to be Christ-like in my conduct. And so, yeah, keep that in mind. And I will say as well, again, to piggyback from that, it's those moments after Daryl makes a mistake and when he asks for forgiveness, that then a lot of times I'm drawn to him even more because I see that humility in him and I see that he wants my best interests above his own. Kind of like the last point that I said. Um, so being arrogant isn't going to get you anywhere in a relationship. Um, so just let that go. Um, and that brings us to our next one, that love is not rude. Um, so treat the other person with respect. Remember that your boyfriend, your girlfriend is an image bearer of God. God has created them and God loves them more than you ever will. And so use that um, as, as a motivation to treat them well, to honor the other person in every way, spiritually, emotionally, physically, um, and honoring them. That includes helping them to pursue holiness. Um, so don't put them in a situation where they would be tempted to sin. This applies to guys and girls. And remember that each of us are tempted in different ways. And um, maybe you're not tempted in a way that your significant other is or vice versa. So again, this goes to putting their other's interests above your own. Um, don't lead them into sin. Don't lead them into a situation that would make them uncomfortable or that would um, would lead them to sin even in their mind. Um, so yeah. Don't be rude to one another in that way. All right, the next one is love does not uh, insist on its own way. Okay, so be being selfless, um, not selfish. Um, so admit uh, when you're wrong and seek to lift up uh, the other person and don't just use them to build up your own ego or self-worth. Um, so we're just stating that, but I want to just speak into that. Again, specifically, I think to Hannah and I's uh, relationship prior to marriage, and certainly since we would be married, I think this is something we can relate to that we've both had to do, because uh, we often, and not in a bad way, we just I think our personalities mean that we sometimes look at things from different perspectives, and so that calls uh, on me having to say that you know what, maybe I'm not right in this, and and maybe Hannah needs to come sometimes and acknowledge it. And so what that means is sitting down and, and finding the right way forward for both of us so that I'm honoring her in a selfless way and she's able to honor me in a selfless way. Uh, and then we're able to move forward. Um, 
So that's really, really important because a lot of conflict can arise when either uh, either a guy or a girl starts insisting on their way and is essentially unwilling to uh, negotiate or to move in that position. Another thing that goes along with that, and that's in this passage, is it says it love is not irritable. Um, so don't always be looking for the failures in the other person or the or reasons to be angry with them. I know sometimes this is where I get stuck because if I know, like for example, Simon, um, or but even like when I was in high school with my friends or with my sisters, if I knew there was something that that person just did over and over again, it would almost be like sometimes. I would just look for that as a reason to be upset at them if I was just in a bad mood or something like that. And that's not loving. That's not kind to be just always on the lookout for something to be offended by, by the other person. Um, I would say if that is you and you're struggling with that, then look at why you're feeling so um, irritated with that person and see if there's something else going on in your own heart that needs to be addressed. Um, And if it is a genuine thing that that person is just doing over and over again, then communicate, have a conversation with them and express just how this isn't or, or this is hurting you or or being something that's difficult for you. But don't be intentionally just looking to pick on that person and trying um, to find their fa- their failures and reasons to be upset with them. Choose to believe the best about the other person. Yeah, and that, my next point sort of builds off of what Hannah said. Um, love keeps no record of wrongs. And so, yeah, once a problem is brought to light and forgiven, it stays in the past. You don't need to bring it up. Um, you know, you, you don't bring up problems with your significant other and you don't bring up, bring it up with, with friends because that, um, that ends up being gossip. Um, and so, you know, maybe your significant other forgets your birthday. They could have just had a bit busy day. Like it's, you know, it's forgive them. You know, if they if they apologize and they genuinely just forgot, don't bring that up. Uh, you know, a year later, or a month later, and say you forgot my birthday. Um, let what was in the past be in the past. You know, um, and so just don't do that because it's not. You know, it it brings up bad feelings with you and it ruins your day, um, and it ruins theirs too. It's not just you know, it's, it's not just for the other person. It's for yourself as well. And so, don't do that. And this, um, almost the last one here, it's do not delight in evil. Love does not delight in evil. So I want you to think about what, what do you spend time doing together? The things that you're watching, the things you're listening to, the things that you're doing with your bodies together, the things that you're talking about. Um, are you delighting? Are you enjoying the things that God calls sin? That's not what love does. It kind of goes back to another point. If you're going to love somebody, that means you're not going to lead them into sin. And this is just kind of a side point here. This is one of the reasons it is so important to date somebody who is a Christian. We cannot stress that enough. Even if somebody else is is moral, they have certain levels of morality, um, only a Christian has God's spirit inside of them. And it is God's spirit inside of us that gives us a desire to please him and to make decisions that are right. 
and our relationship with God should be the most important one. And so your dating relationship should point you to your relationship with God. And so if you're dating somebody who is not a Christian, they're not going to have the Holy Spirit residing in them and they're not going to have the Holy Spirit helping them say no to sin. And there's going to be no reason besides their love for you, which is fallible, um, or some kind of moral code, which is very easy to break down, that they're not going to lead you into sin or lead you into doing something evil or delight in evil. So that's a side note. Please, please, please don't date a non-Christian. It's not worth it. All right, let's uh, get on. This is the last one. So, um, yeah, love rejoices in the truth. Now, this is last, but certainly uh, by no means the least. Uh, your relationship should bring you closer to Jesus. Um, John fourteen six says, part of it says that I am the truth. That's what Jesus said. And the only thing I want to add to that is, and why that's so important, is obviously <laughs> you want to be being led closer to Jesus but the idea of truth and seeking truth in your relationship is vitally important and the thing that I would want to add to that is that the minute you start allowing lies into your relationship uh, and lies becoming dominant instead of the truth that's when everything's going to crumble so uh, I would really want to stress here to to make sure to never lie uh, to your boyfriend or to your girlfriend always speak in truth always be honest with each other uh, even when it's difficult, even when you feel that if I say this, it's all going to go wrong. No, give each other the grace, and if you're always truthful with each other, it's you know, you'll, it's amazing how much you'll be able to work out and and how much that's going to help, and that's really going to build up um, a, a level of trust and a bond uh, that otherwise you wouldn't have. So, yeah, thank you guys. So, you know, you might be hearing all this and think, you know, you might be thinking. Well, that's a that's a long list of really high standards, and it sounds really difficult to follow. Um, and yeah, it, it is. It is a high standard, and it is a lot to follow. And that's why we seek Christ and His help. Um, and that's why you know, and we, we trust Him when we fail to love the way He calls us to. Um, and we need His Spirit in us to be able to follow those things. And that's why it's so 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 important, like Lydia said, to date a fellow Christian, a fellow believer. Because, yeah, if you both don't have that, then how are you going to strive to be more like Christ and to follow that standard? Now, 1 Corinthians uh, 13 isn't specifically talking about romantic, romantic relationships. It's talking about how we should love one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, and how much more should this be our standard in our romantic relationships? I think that was a really helpful thing that I was told uh, pretty recently is to look at your you know, prospective girlfriend or boyfriend or your current boyfriend or girlfriend as a brother or sister in Christ that is worthy of respect and who you should honor um, and who you should, yeah, just be Christ-like in conduct to them. And so this isn't meant to be a burden. None of us can love perfectly. Only Jesus loves perfectly all the time. But we are called to be like him. And as we grow closer in our walks with God, he will make us like Christ. Yeah, so next week we're going to be going into a full episode of Rapid Fire. Um, we've, we're not going to be able to get to Rapid Fire this week since we're getting out of time. But that's because next week all we're doing is Rapid Fire. So buckle your seatbelt. It's going to be a fun episode. 
Um, but before we end for today, I just want to give a caveat um, for everything that we've said today. Um, I do believe that all of that is backed up by scripture. Um, but we do want to give a caveat that if you are in a situation um, of abuse, if you're in a relationship with somebody or thinking about you getting into a relationship with somebody where they are consistently treating you badly, where they are not following these things, they are not loving you like Christ, then you need to get out and you need to seek help. Um, saying all these things about being patient and not being irritable and loving somebody even when they do you wrong, this is true, but that does not give somebody um, a license to treat you badly. Um, and to be hurting you. So please, if you are in a situation, if you're in a relationship where um, you're being abused or they're treating you badly, get help. Um, that's not what the Bible is saying. The Bible, God does not want you to stay in a relationship like that. Um, so yeah, please get help. And yeah, that is all we have for this week's episode. So thank you for listening to The Connected Podcast. We hope you enjoyed joining us for this week's episode. Tune in next time. And we'll be dropping new episodes every Monday and Friday on Spotify and, and Apple Podcasts. And if there's any other platform you'd like us to be on, make sure to let us know. Um, don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at connected.podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Child Evangelism Fellowship of Britain. However, our opinions are our own and don't necessarily represent the organization or any individuals we may mention. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We hope to see you next time.